Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny Venerable. Join on this Tuesday audio-only pod with my guy, Bo Brock. And Bo, it feels like the Cardinals are an easy target these days. And it, you know, on and off the field, the product isn't good. And you've got you know, Justin Pugh saying some things on social media. You've got Patrick Peterson who refuses to shut his mouth. And it just <laughs> got me thinking, like, is this worse right now that we're living in in 2022 than what we went through in 2018 and into the offseason? Or do you feel like there is still enough meat on the bone with this team? You know, one year removed from the playoffs that it hasn't reached DEFCON 5, like mm-hmm. the team that picked first overall after 2018. Not to completely just bury what we're about to say and just just summarize it as, as quickly as possible as we open the show, but I, I think that 2022 is worse because the expectations were higher. When you looked at the 2018 team, I mean, there were no expectations. I mean, nationally, that was a team that was panned and had zero expectations to compete. I think it, I, I remember the, uh, the win total in Vegas was four and a half. And locally, people weren't buying it. And, I mean, you look at the flagship and people were thought that this team was going to be like what Michael Bidwell said, this is not a retool or not a rebuild, this is a retool. And it yeah. was should have been a rebuild, right? In 2018, I mean, you look at it statistically, uh, offensively, one of the worst seasons ever in the NFL, especially considering, you know, in going up against modern offenses. And it wasn't like this season where offenses were all down. It was just the Cardinals offense was completely down and brutal and just over 14 points per game. Defense wasn't great. 26 in the NFL, as far as points given up where this season, it's like number one in points given up or, or 32nd in points given up. And the offense is certainly taking a step back, but it hasn't been putrid. It's been bad. It's been frustrating, but it hasn't been putrid, but where things really can't, where 2022 gets the edge, Johnny is like, You've just paid your quarterback. You have all the off on and off the field issues and you've created yourself as a big target for everybody else. We're 2018. You kind of flew under the radar. It was post BA. Nobody cared about this team and even enough to, to care that they were just a sinking ship. Yeah. And I, what I will say is uh, the Steve Kime factor has to be prevalent because in 2018, Michael Bidwell opted to keep Steve Kime. And you fired Steve Wilkes shortly after the season. And the people who were staunchly opposed to that, that casted a cloud over the offseason. And he was allowed to inexplicably take yet another quarterback. Now, it worked out with Kyler Murray, but you had to trade Josh Rosen for 30 cents on the dollar. Whereas (laughs) at least this offseason, we don't know the future of Cliff Kingsbury, but we have a pretty good idea Steve Kime's not going to be around. So at least you have fresh perspective of going into this offseason with a Equipped with a top five to seven draft pick, if not higher, you know, salary cap, you can manipulate it a little bit. Kyler, that situation is what it is. It's unfortunate, but I don't know. I, I 2018, 2019, Rosen was so bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had to really talk yourself into thinking that he had any semblance of a quality NFL future. And I remember post-draft when the Cardinals traded him and he did that kind of quick hit on his balcony in his condo, wherever that was. And people are like, this guy is going to prove everybody wrong. No, it turns out he just wasn't very good. He's just a bad NFL quarterback and he's a mega bust, right? And so I, to me, it's like 
and you've made this point continually, like Kyler Murray rebounds from this ACL. Like he's a franchise quarterback. You have that intact. And I do think that this team genuinely just needs somebody that can come in and draft and develop good players. And that, that sounds so cliche to say, but 2018, 2019, you, you had to gut everything. And for yeah. it, for this franchise right now, I feel like there's more talent. I think they've got more talent on the defensive side. I, you know, offensively, like Josh Jones, hopefully DJ Humphreys bounces back. Like you have capable tackles. The offensive line in 2018 was a complete and total overhaul, like mm-hmm. a gut job. Uh, it was it was abysmal because this year it's like guys have been hurt. They have more talent on this team. I think is the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, and that, that's despite their drafts being horrendous. So, I I think if you can put aside the off the field stuff and hope that that changes with the change in leadership at GM. And I know that's a big ask, mm-hmm. but if, if you can get somebody that's no nonsense to come in here and clean up the mess off the field, I think it will be an easier rebound on the field in part, because look at the landscape, of the NFC West. I know the Niners are rolling. Like they, they don't have a quarterback of the future. We don't think the, the, you know, the Rams are in disarray. The Seahawks are what we thought. And then you look at 2018, 2019. I mean, the, the division was a juggernaut. So I think it's, it. Ha- I think 2018 bow has a slight edge. A slight edge. I mean, they, they had some off the field issues. Obviously you had Kimes DUI in July. Right. He, was in, he, he went to jail for two days. Yeah. He, he lingered he through August. Job. He was suspended, came back. Uh, Wilkes was, I mean, Wilkes wasn't as pol- polarizing with the fan base as Cliff is. Obviously everybody has an opinion on Cliff where I think that, people were kind of indifferent on Steve Wilkes. They didn't know. They didn't have enough uh, to, to make an assessment of, as far as Steve Wilkes, but the Cardinals certainly felt like they did. But, I mean, obviously talent, This the roster was bankrupt of talent. I mean, you had Patrick Peterson. That was probably the biggest news of that season, in season, that didn't have to do with football. He demanded a trade in October. Um, you had Larry Fitz on that team, obviously the consummate professional. I mean, he's Fitz. And then you had a young up and coming Buddha Baker, but outside of that, I mean, there was DJ Humphreys on that roster. There wasn't much else. There just wasn't that much. DJ, they DJ, were, David Johnson were, was a guy they that were a bottom three roster in the NFL. They were, they were, they, no, I mean, they were the, they were the worst roster in the NFL. Yeah, I don't think sure. there's any arguing that. I mean, uh, despite, you know, sweeping the 49ers that season, they, they were, you know, obviously they were picking the, the top pick in the NFL draft three and 13, just a brutal year, but I just think as far as this season, as far as falling short of expectations and being a bigger target for people to take swings at, I think that's where, in my opinion, 2022 gets the edge. I, I think that it was more of a, a, a turbulent season for the fan base where I think the fan base learned early on when they saw that Sam Bradford, the guy that, that, that Steve Kime tabbed to be the bridge quarterback to Josh Rosen, couldn't play in two games. They knew that this, that season was lost. And then you're right. I mean, I remember doing podcasts about Josh Rosen and we would do our, our post game recap or, and we try to, it was, it was like on a throw to throw, like he made a couple throws, like maybe one or two throws. And you're like, Oh, you can build off of that. Not like series or flashes from that game. It was just like, it was like a first down throw. And and that's when you should have just like been, okay, this guy, He's going to be 
He's going to be a journeyman. He he just got picked up on, on the Vikings practice squad on Tuesday. Unbelievable. <laughs> Surprisingly enough. And he got, he got worse as the season went on. Like a lot of these young quarterbacks, the idea is, and we're seeing it with Justin Fields, albeit in year two, is like better and better with every start. Rosen yeah. looked good. I remember in the preseason had a throw, I think it was to Kirk in New Orleans in a preseason game. I'm like, hot damn, he looks good. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, had a couple, you know, nice starts. Should have beaten, I think, the Seahawks early on. Should never have been brought in late in that Bears game. But you mentioned, like, swept Kyle Shanahan. I was at the Packer game in Lambeau. I'll be, he didn't play well, but they won that game. But, like, the end of the year, they went to Atlanta, and they just got their brains beat in. They didn't even cross midfield. It was embarrassing. It was an embarrassment. It was a lot of, like, what we're seeing with Denver right now. Um, whereas, like, Kyler Murray plays, and he's healthy. Like, this team has a chance to win any game they're in. Um, and I think you upgrade the talent, you upgrade the head coach, you're going to be in a position to at least be competitive. And I, I listen, uh, we're not going to start drinking the Kool-Aid for next year. We don't even know who's going to be running this team, coaching this team. But like if, if Kyler Murray comes back and he starts the year or they, he misses a couple games and he plays like, and he plays well, like this team's going to be in the, look at the teams that are making the playoffs in the NFC this year. Detroit's yeah. got an opportunity, Washington, the giants, this is this is very different. It, it felt almost like rock bottom hopelessness, especially when you saw Kime return mm-hmm. in 2018, 2019. There's a sigh of relief. Like a lot of fans, I'll give them credit. They're frustrated with the on the field product, but they're sticking with the team and they're sticking with us because it's just like I know that at least it feels like right now Cardinals are going to wash their hands of this and we're yeah. going to have fresh eyes and a, a fresh perspective moving forward i want to talk to you guys get a fresh perspective on fantasy football if you haven't already by the way your long fantasy it's overrated it's overblown how fun it is you know it's fun daily fantasy and that's where our friends at underdog fantasy come in underdog does daily fantasy sports differently get this draft your team against five of your friends and the highest scoring squad for the night wins that cold hard cash draft six nba players with no flipping positional limits, and that's it. It's been fantastic. I've thoroughly enjoyed using Underdog Fantasy because, listen, if I have a bad game or I have a bad night, I pivot and I move on and I go to the next day. And with football season, hell, Monday, Saturday, Thursday, Sunday, I'm on Underdog Fantasy constantly. And unlike waiting year-long fantasy football, I'm waiting for my payout at the end of the year if I'm even competitive, Underdog Fantasy pays out the same flipping day. It's so easy to get started. All you got to do, Bo, is go to underdogfantasy.com, download the app, sign up with the promo code PHNX, and get this. Underdog Fantasy is going to match your first deposit up to $100. So you deposit $100, boom, you get $100, only with PHNX, only with Underdog Fantasy. Arizona Cardinals experiencing a little change. Obviously, the uh, reports are that Steve Kime is done with this organization. The guy that uh, he built that 2018, he built this 2022 team. He's the constant as we talk about two horrible seasons. And with that being said, change can reinvigorate. It can uh, re-energize a fan base. We're seeing that with the Suns. Our friends over at PHNX Suns doing a great job. And here's something that's going down uh, to join the celebration that is this team, the Suns team that has a new ownership, it looks like. Join us for the inaugural PHNX Tea Party presented by Four Peaks at Dobson Ranch Golf Course. We're renting out the entire driving range. Come hang with the get that big drive energy with the PHNX crew, fellow diehards for a night of golf, foods, 
drinks, contests, prizes, and much, much more, including that Suns game. The PHNX Suns crew will be hosting a watch party for the Suns versus T-Wolves. Four Peaks will be out there providing beer samples and swag. Check the link in the description here, wherever you find your podcast. Reserve your spot right now. And for our diehards, you can check the Discord for your special link where you'll save 20% on this awesome event to the PHNX Tea Party. Why can't Patrick Peterson stop talking? I mean, I know he was asked on Pat McAfee's show, Bo, on Tuesday, whether or not he's heard back from Kyler Murray. But number one, like, stop giving Patrick Peterson a platform. Mm-hmm. And I, this is this is like com- a compounding headache for me because it feels like he's going to try to pivot this into a broadcasting career after football. And if you've watched him this year, it looks like football uh, is probably limited in terms of how many years he has left. But, man, it's just I would literally rather listen to anything else. I would rather listen to Screaming Goats. I would rather listen to a trombone in my ear for 30 minutes than his podcast with Brian McFadden. I am so over P2. And I say that loving Patrick Peterson, the player. But, man, I you know, people were upset with the franchise when Anquan Bolden left and Calais Campbell left and Honey Badger left. P2, it's just it's taken on a new life of its own. Like, stop talking about the Cardinals. Yeah, it's it's really embarrassing at this point. I mean, it's beyond embarrassing. And, and the only reason that McAfee asked Patrick Peterson about this was because he knew he was going to get an answer because Peterson, Pat Pete, can't stop talking about his former organization. And this is coming off of one of the most historic, the most historic comeback wins in the history of the league. Yep. And here he is going back and rehashing what he said about Kyler Murray on his, on Kyler Murray's bye week. Patrick Peterson was getting ready for a football game that I believe his team could have clinched the NFC North back then. But instead he's sitting here talking about his former teammate. And you know, when you look when you hear the comments, it's he's delusional. He's beyond, he's beyond delusional at this point. Uh, A couple of quotes from Peterson on McAfee on, on Tuesday was, I would love to talk to Kyler. He's my guy. I just want him to help. He's not want to help him understand the flaws that everyone else sees leadership flaws. And it's just like, come on, dude, are you, are you for real right now? Are you, are you going to, you know, kind of moonwalk your comments back where you just straight up said on your podcast, all Kyler Murray cares about is Kyler Murray. And then to turn this into whatever it's what everybody else sees, just the, the observations about, you know, his body language on the sidelines, you know, the, the leadership, uh, you know, observations that everybody's making. It's like, that's, that's just bullshit. And he's just, he continues to be like, I want to Elaine Bennis's one. He's like fake, 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 fake. Everything he says, fake, fake. He's just the most disingenuous and unauthentic person in the NFL and all he cares about is himself. It's unfortunate, too. Yeah, no, he doesn't. And it's like the Cardinals are having a historically bad season. So it's like, you know, kicking somebody certainly while they're down. And now Kyler Murray trying to rehab and get ready for ACL surgery. And it's like he's searching his name on the Google machine. And Patrick Peterson's name pops up again with him. It's like, stop talking about me. I'm trying to move on. And Kyler's not without his flaws. But, man, it's like this is... This is the age we live in, the social media age, where everybody is just desperate for clicks. And you can say that tongue-in-cheek because Bo and I are in the podcasting industry. But, man, like this is this is taking it to another level. This is just I want to be relevant. Be relevant on the football field. Your, your team, as Bo mentioned, is the number two seed in the NFC. You're playing pretty good football. Your team just came back from 33-0 down 
and you're getting asked about Kyler Murray and having to respond to it because you put your foot in your mouth and, you know, trying to get relevance. Brian McFadden, by the way, and we've talked about this, was a terrible football player. He was awful. He was the benefactor of those supremely gifted Troy Polamalu, James Harrison teams in Pittsburgh. The Cardinals signed him after the Super Bowl, coincidentally. He was awful in Arizona, and that was his career. And so it's like – you, I, why would I want to listen to somebody like Bryant McFadden when I know I didn't respect the player on the field? So it's it's one of those things, Bo. And we can just get into the Justin Pugh stuff now if you want, because now it's like I was on Twitter and somebody sent me some screen captures of Justin Pugh kind of going back and forth with people, basically saying, you know, you, the quarterback is key. You can't overpay him. And it's like kind of tongue in cheek, like, who are you taking shots at, Justin? Like, right. are you making a point that Kyler Murray is overpaid, so that's why you guys didn't win? And he says the key to winning Super Bowls is hitting on a rookie QB deal and building around him. Well, are you saying that, well, Kyler's been on a rookie deal and you've mm-hmm. been a part of every year since Kyler has been in Arizona? Are you saying that Kyler didn't do what was necessary because the team built it around him and he didn't elevate others? Just a really bizarre time for, like, Cardinals and ex-Cardinals on, on social media just mm-hmm. continually giving little jabs at the franchise, and in particular, Kyler Murray. I think as, as far as Pew, I, I don't take it as a direct shot to Kyler Murray. Obviously, I mean, Pew was a guy last offseason that thought he was done with NFL, with playing playing the game of football, right? He thought yeah. he was going to retire. He dropped all the weight. And then Steve Kime kind of inexplicably came back and said, hey, we need you to come back and play a, a couple games that you can before getting injured, obviously suffered the ACL injury. And now I think Pew is, here's what I think it is. I think Pew is, 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 is kind of thinking about his future and wants to be in some sort of media as far as covering the game of football. Right. Don't, don't you get yeah. the sense with the Syracuse oh, yeah. journalism school, great broadcast school. I would bet that Justin Pugh in, he didn't. I think he was kind of ignorant to the idea that he was taking a shot of, at at Kyler Murray. Am I am I giving him too much credit? I don't know. I think you have to be transparent about what team you play for and how your message is going to come across. And like he's retired now, I, I believe. Like his season's over. He's technically retired. The season is ongoing. Like make these comments in the off season. You know, I, this isn't going to be the difference, Justin. You putting out these hot takes on Twitter isn't going to be the difference between you getting hired from some, you know, media company or some, you know, online podcasting, you know, association or whatever. Like, take a beat. Stay off the internet about this kind of thing. Because, again, have you looked at your team and your franchise? It's literally on fire. Your quarterback's <laughs> done for the year because the in part because the offensive line couldn't pass protect. He was running for his life. He blew out his knee in the open field. Like, Maybe take a beat. Everybody just take a beat, Cardinals, and try not to embarrass yourselves, and let's get to January, please. I can, I cannot, for the life of me, and we're going to have to say, if you're listening this Wednesday morning, you know, Hard Knocks, I saw the preview for Hard Knocks, and it was just like, Lucky Foto was making, you know, waffles from scratch or something. They were dicking around what? about that, and I'm like, show now? I, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't stomach that, literally. Like, that's, we're just, we're begging for just supplemental, filler content both hard knocks and the team because it has just been a disaster let's put the fire out and let's not make any new ones justin please yeah and, and when you look at the, it that's such an easy it's such an easy thing to say right we've seen it for so long ever since you know they they restructured rookie contracts 
And that became like the way to build a team. We saw Russell Wilson. We saw uh, a lot of teams like the Seahawks, the Niners, um, Kansas City, a lot of uh, the Rams. They, they all benefited from having these rookie quarterback contracts. But a lot of people don't they, – they discount that a lot of those teams – had, had invested a lot of draft capital into the rosters before investing into the quarterback. And if you're going to take shots at Kyler Murray, just listen to the beginning of this podcast. Listen to what we said about the 2018 Arizona Cardinals and the situation that he came into in 2019. It was an absolute just disaster of a roster. And, you know, Mahomes, as talented as he is, he took over for a playoff team. And Jared Goff was, you know, McVay comes in there and they had so much talent on that roster offensive and defensively. It was just getting Goff right for that team to have as much success as it had. Uh, Philly was just, you know, was a team that um, when, when they had Carson Wentz and on that rookie deal, they had a really strong roster that people just discount that to where the Arizona Cardinals were playing catch up and they, they didn't have the roster first before getting the quarterback. And, you know, I, I remember one of the one of the things that Pew said is he would never pay his quarterback more than 10 percent of the salary cap. And it's like, well, Kyler Murray is making six percent of the salary cap this season, seven percent next year. And then the next year after that, that's when this contract jumps in. And and then that that number jumps to about uh, I think it was like 20 percent for Kyler Murray in 2024. Uh, yeah, 20 point three percent. And that's the Arizona Cardinals are going to have the ability to restructure, move some money around. So it's not necessarily going to be that big of a deal. I just think that that's such an easy thing to and he, and for him to see it firsthand play out for him mm-hmm. to discount, like the ability to draft, develop a quarterback, or even the, the idea that the quarterback that you draft is good enough to get you there is just ignorant to how hard this game is. Yeah. That you can miss, yeah. that you can take a guy second overall and he could be dog shit. He could be done by, but he could be benched like Zach Wilson by year two. And the, and the Cardinals have known better than anybody what of uh, you know decades plus of never having a franchise quarterback looks like. So to sit here ignorantly, and I'm guilty of it. You know, you, we we're going to find out where the Cardinals are going to be picking, who's going to be running this team, and maybe what they think of these quarterbacks or not. Are we going to get a hard answer? that press conference with Michael Bidwell, potentially in a new GM saying that we're a Kyler Murray team indefinitely. This is Kyler Murray's franchise where they can leave the door open. I, I would say the former, I, w- I would say that they're going to be all in on K one because in part they have to, they've made an investment and they've also seen goodness. How many Kevin Cobbs, Ryan Lindley years did they go through John Skelton? They're going to, they're going to get a spoon fed three weeks of trace McSorley and goodness, you're, you're going to see Kyler Murray's true value if you hadn't already for this franchise. Uh, and, and you'll be betting on K1. And speaking of betting, you can bet on a daily basis, not only the NFL, but other premium leagues, NBA in full force, Bo Brock. We've got the NHL, our friends at PHNX Coyotes do a phenomenal job. If you want to dabble on DraftKings, I would recommend that you do. Bowl season right around the corner. My favorite time to bet on college football. But listen, in the short term, make a little coin on the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code PHNX. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game. Not the spread, mind you, just to win their game. I think the Seattle Seahawks play the Buffalo Bills this weekend. Maybe throw a five spot on that. If they win, get $150 in free bets if they do. 
$150 in free bets in your pocket, then you could take that money and put it on some layup bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See those show notes for details, Bo. We're a couple days away from the holidays, away from Christmas on Sunday. Cardinals big game against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But you're a few days away from obviously hosting a ton of family and friends, Christmas parties, maybe on Christmas or a New Year's party coming up. And your pad's not looking great, right? You kind of dragged your feet on maybe your guest room, need to maybe get a, a better bed in there, or maybe you need to pimp out your couch. Well, more furniture's here for you during these trying times. More furniture. You see us every day in the PHNX studios hanging out in some swaggy furniture from more furniture, great chairs, anything you need for your living room, bedroom, dining room. You can find morefurniture.com. Cash in on their holiday clearance event happening now at More Furniture, and you can save up to 50% off. Check it out, morfurniture.com. Did we see that uh, the news about Matthew Stafford looks like a quarterback is going to come back at least next year uh, through his wife, basically sending the message that he's not retiring despite the issues having with his, uh, what is his, his neck that he's had, he's got issues with. Obviously yeah, he had the that elbow minor. issues. Yeah. 68 plus million dollars guaranteed over the next two years. I would imagine that has something to do with it. You know, uh, real estate, LA is a little more expensive than Detroit, Michigan. Did you ever see their house in Michigan that was up on like Zillow? Yeah. It was like a compound. They owned half that city. But Stafford was the last baby boomer of the old school draft salary cap, whatever it was, where the first rounders got paid more than like 90% of the active roster. And he was the first overall pick. Um, that's not surprising. He's a competitor. And I think, you know, if you're if you're somebody like me who's, you know, very much into the Sean Payton saga, that's good news because you would assume that Stafford comes back, McVay comes back, and they're going to try mm-hmm. to right this wrong next year. Um, and that's one of the spots, if not the spot, where McVay wants to be, or excuse me, where Sean Payton wants to be, Bo. But with Brandon Staley winning games and the Chargers being historically cheap, I mean, we went through this on Monday's show of, of franchises that potentially could move on from head coaches. I, I just, I feel like all the people that are staunchly saying right now, Sean Payton would never consider the Cardinals. You guys are nuts. He, this organization is toxic. Do they have their faults? Absolutely. But he's going to have to make a decision, whether it be the Cardinals or a team without a franchise quarterback, like a Carolina or just stay in broadcasting. And he might do that. He might say, I'm going to stay in broadcasting this year. I'm not going to do anything. And that's fine. But from everything that I've seen, read, heard, he wants to get back in it next year. I mean, you're telling, are you going to take the Saints job? They don't have their first round pick. They don't have a quarterback. Like, I, I just feel like, I, and again, I'm not saying it's likely. If I put money on, I would say he's not going to be the head coach of the Cardinals. But for people who staunchly say that it's not going to happen, you don't know that. There's there's a lot of stuff that needs to play out six weeks from now. We could get a tweet like that from Adam Schefter saying Michael Bidwell and and Sean Payton had dinner tonight. And then everybody would lose their fucking mind. (laughs) And you just kind of let your imagination kind of go off, right? Start to think about what a a Sean Payton coached uh, Arizona Cardinals team would look like. And uh, I mean, you just look at what the criteria is that's reported about what he's looking for, what Payton's looking for. The Cardinals, they match it as far as close to Los Angeles, obviously not being in Los Angeles. And I think that's why people want to connect the dots with the Rams and the Chargers. But 
if those aren't openings, Arizona is a quick less than or Phoenix is less than what uh, an hour flight from LA. So as far as just where it is destination wise, and then as far as the quarterback situation, it's a lot better than, uh, as you mentioned, the openings that are going on. He's not going to Charlotte. He's not going to go back to New Orleans most likely. So I think that the Arizona Cardinals, I think you, you can say it without looking foolish that it's reasonable that he would consider it, even with the Kyler Murray injury. And, and the reports also coming out Sunday from Schefter and Rappaport, all the big heavy hitters were saying that his prehab, he's, he's doing that, which is, I didn't even know it was a word. Is that even in the Oxford dictionary, <laughs> the, the prehab? Uh, it's going well. He's going to have surgery probably in the next week or so. And then they're thinking, you know, nine months, sure, you're not going to get 100% Kyler Murray back and it's going to take half the season, but he's there. There is a there is a path to Kyler Murray playing a majority of the 2023 season. That's got to be appealing to a, a guy like Sean Payton, who has been who's who's been on the record of liking Kyler Murray's game. And they like they want they went a whole year like without Sean Payton. They went a, they went a whole year or, or time off without Drew Brees. He played. Jameis Winston, he he went he won like nine games with Taysom Hill and a bunch of garbage. Right. The last year he was in New Orleans, you can't go September and try to go two and two with Brian Jameis. Shit, go get a Jacoby Brissett for mm-hmm. for a month. You fast forward this time next year, Kyler Murray's gonna be playing. Right. Like in the in the Cardinals, hopefully, knock on wood, are gonna be back to being relevant. And, but you and look say, at it, yeah, and say if by then he's not. Kyler Murray that we know, right? Where he's the guy that can get out and, and gash you with his speed and his athleticism. Wouldn't wouldn't Peyton take that as a time that he can work on Kyler Murray? The yeah, past? isn't it kind of a blessing in disguise? Like, hey, Kyler, we're going to prolong your career. You've got the skills to be a, a pocket passer 80% of the time. Because Kyler doesn't even want to run. I, I would right. think that would be a bet. Like, Kyler's arm is fine. His rotator cuff, his elbow... He didn't tear anything in his upper body, but like you're going to gamble with Carolina potentially taking CJ Stroud. The the Indianapolis Colts are in disarray. They they they're going to be in a, the market for yet another older quarterback. The Broncos like all you have to do, Bo, even if you feel like the Broncos have better ownership, which probably is the case, they have a more storied franchise, talents probably even. We don't know about their ownership. I mean, Walmart, we don't know about them as, as football yeah. owners just yet. You know, Walmart, you know, inflation's hitting everybody. It's pricey over there. <laughs> um, Russell Wilson, you Peyton's going to be able to turn on the tape and say, he looks old and slow. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least with Kyler Murray, it's like, I can come back from this. My my arm's still going to be elite for the next, hopefully, like seven, eight, nine years in the NFL. I can move around. I don't know. And then you look at like New Orleans, Houston, maybe Tampa. No contingency plans at quarterback. He's not going to Houston and to, first overall pick and a complete gut job. I just let's just take a beat, everybody. Like the Chargers are winning games. The Cowboys are winning games. Sean McVay doesn't sound like he's leaving if Matthew Stafford's coming back. Where's it going to be then, Sean? What are you What are you going to do if Michael Bidwell picks up the phone and says, "I am desperate." Here's $20 million a year. Is he going to say no to that? You get to live on the West Coast in a diminishing NFC West in the NFC conference that you dominated forever. You look at, there was a great tweet today, not to go off subject, Bo. There was a great tweet. I can't can't remember who it was. Ari on Twitter, 
Uh, he's a reporter. He does good good stuff. And he and he broke down the starting quarterbacks of the AFC and the NFC that are play, playoff projected, right? And the NFC, it was like shitbag McGee, six-round picks, undrafted guys, Kirk Cousins, right, Brock Purdy. The AFC, you know what it had? Seven first-round picks starting a quarterback. You want to go into that shitstorm? You want to go play in the AFC West with Patrick Mahomes? You want to join, you know, the the Chargers and and have to face off against Andy Reid twice a year? Or do you want to go to the NFC, which is literally on fire, where Washington and the Giants with Danny Dimes can make the playoffs? When no one talks about that matters. That absolutely matters. Some great points. I'm fired up right now at the end of the podcast. As we're people, I just piss. It just pisses me yeah, off because people are like, "It's not happening." Shut well, up. And also, wouldn't you think that if it if it wasn't it, when you can just kind of easily look at the landscape and look at the openings that are already there and that in the ones that are likely to happen, if Sean Payton didn't like any of them, wouldn't he have already come out and like said? I'm going to stick around in the broadcast booth one more season. There's, there's just nothing that, that meets where the, the criteria that I, that I need to come back and coach. Like he's not, he's not knocking down any, any idea or any thought that he, he's going to come back and coach next year. Cause he could put him to bed right now, but he's willing to have the conversation. And with that is the ability for Michael Bidwell to get, get, you know, to sit in front of him, fire up the PJ, go to LA Talk to Sean Payton and and not leave with without a, a yes from Payton. And and here's here's another point that I want to make here before we get out of here, Bo. Is people have said, well, the Cardinals are sending bad messages because they've just extended Cliff Kingsbury. Then they're going to fire him after this year, even though he made the playoffs next year. Motherfucker, you're you're telling me now if Brandon Staley or Mike McCarthy, right? Mike McCarthy made the playoffs last year. He's going to make the playoffs this year. Brandon Staley is going to make the playoffs this year. They're, what if they get fired? Does, right. does Sean Payton want to go there? They just made the playoffs. Right. The Cardinals are 5-14 and 14 in their last 19 games. They've won one home game. You get fired for that. That's yeah. what you get fired for in the NFL. Yeah. Like Cliff Kingsbury, Michael Bidwell wants what they had every year last year. Like they, he would, he would, He's star for that. We won a mm-hmm. Super Bowl, yeah. Michael Bidwell just wants to hit some doubles and make the playoffs. And you get that with, you get that guaranteed with Sean, with Sean Payton. I don't know. There's a lot. Like, no one's talking this out. Everybody's just assuming Cardinals dysfunctional. Kyler, he's moody. Torres ACL. Kimes got issues. Kingsbury's a joke. Toxic. They're letting, toxic. They're letting Patrick Peterson go and, and talk on Pat McAfee and, and say, well, I'm just saying what everybody else is saying. It's like, well, everybody else, they're not looking close enough. The, the stuff that they're saying is, is is just pure casual fan. It's cards casuals that are saying that. And, you know, shame on you for, for you know, going along with that that narrative because – You're telling – go ahead. No, yeah, go ahead. You're telling me if Michael Bidwell hired Jeff Ireland and gave Sean Payton $20 million, he wouldn't take the Cardinal job? He doesn't even need to say Jeff Ireland. He can say, you can hire whoever the fuck you want to hire. You're in charge. That, that's the kind of power where he said, yeah – Look, you know, we did extend Cliff, but we saw you were available. We want to give you the keys to the organization. Do what you want to do. You tell me. You're the guy that's got the ring on your finger. I want the ring, too. I want to hoist the Lombardi trophy. You've done that before. You lead the way. Here's a blank check. 
And here give, the him a, give him a Gruden contract. Give him 10 years. That way you can say, okay, start with Kyler for two to four years. If it doesn't work out, you can pivot. Do whatever you want. Trade yeah. picks for a player. Do whatever you want, Sean. Sean Payton's not saying no to that. The Rams share a stadium with the Chargers. He's not getting the Rams job. You want to share a stadium? You want to be a part of a franchise where Jerry Jones is always going to be in charge? My Michael Bidwell, I, I, I want to believe, and I've got everybody in my DM saying, Michael will screw this up. This, <laughs> Michael, if you're listening to this, God love you, first of all. But also, I believe that you can you can pull this off. Just prove that's why you're in the shadows. That's why you're quiet. You're no showing right now. Pull pull this off. And because right now, and we'll probably talk about this on Wednesday's show. I mean, the Suns are sitting pretty with new ownership. They're a big boy franchise now. They've officially graduated to a real top five to seven NBA franchise. They may not win the title this year, but I mean they're they're gonna become the gold standard if they aren't already. I mean, they are in the valley for sure. Like, hey Mike. No one's asking you to sell the team, at least on this show. But like, you, what are you going to do to step up your game? You, you got to take care of some stuff this off season. It starts with the head coach and the GM. No doubt about it. Uh, also starts with you buying into some PHNX gear. Go PHNX.com. Some of the great content we have being put up there by our Cardinals beat reporter Howard Balzer. He's got uh, incredible work already up there, and most of it's unlocked. For your viewing pleasure, you can read the latest about Kyler Murray and what to expect as far as rehab, getting in the breaking down, you know, what went wrong this season and what to look for as far as Christmas Day's game against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know that's coming your way. Check it out. Go PHNX.com. But of course, you got to become a diehard, Johnny. Love it. Love it. I'm a diehard every day for this team. I'm a diehard for PHNX. Go PHNX.com. Check out the PHNX merchandise locker if you have not already the freshest gear in the valley people are always saying where do you get that shirt that hat that shirt hat combo now these hoodies bull brock cop a free shirt and hat at the locker right now every year you're a diehard coming out in the exclusive member discord again discounts on all the many events that we have this year has been an absolute shitstorm for the arizona cardinals but PHNX is on the year, and we're going to own the offseason. Hang out with us. Get up-to-the-date information from the guys at gophnx.com. As Bo mentioned, our guy Howard Balls are doing great work. Bo, you're doing great work, by the way. Thank Bo's going to be at practice on Wednesday watching this team. Whomever's going to be out there trying to field this team in the last three weeks. It should be a banger of an afternoon practice over in Tempe, Bo. I can't wait. You know, new quarterback <laughs> signing. What the hell was the guy's name? James Morgan. Captain Morgan out there just slinging <laughs> Bill Forte from the last man on earth. They released Carson Strong. Nobody wants a quarterback prospect from this year's draft. But look, it's Adrian Wilson. It's it's Quentin Harris pulling the strings now. That's what they wanted to do. And uh, with Cardinals probably being down Colt McCoy, it just seems like, you know, Cliff Kingsbury even admitted, like if Colt McCoy gets – uh, if he passes through concussion protocol, they would consider, you know, holding back and just the, just the, the wear and tear that he's taken this season and, and God love Colt McCoy for this. But uh, I think that it's going to be a McSorley game with David Blau backing him up. And then that's why they brought on James Morgan to the practice squad. And uh, we'll get our first glimpse of him tomorrow a full report from practice. Check it out. Of course, we'll have our one-minute drill up on YouTube right after that goes down. And then our live show at 4. 
And then we're talking hard knocks, as as Johnny said. We're already looking forward to Electro to cooking show for about. I hope. I hope that you are good this year because Santa is bringing you some coal on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, I should say, with McSorley versus Tom Brady. Good hell, uh, should be a banger of of an evening on Sunday afternoon. But we got to cover here at PHNX PHNX Cardinals. Like, subscribe, leave us a five star wherever you get your podcast for Bull Brock. I'm Johnny Venerable. Have a good one.